Welcome to Happy Hour, a weekly careers podcast where we talk about work from the perspective of two real people, real people that make mistakes. That's right. (laughs) Who are we, Brittany? With your hosts, Brittany Bowering and Penny Blackmore. That's who we are. That's who we are. Welcome, (laughs) welcome, welcome. What are you wearing today, Brittany? (laughs) (laughs) So Penny and I are dressed exactly the same. Yes. And it was... A complete coincidence. <laughs> like Brittany opened the door to her apartment because we record in her closet mm-hmm. um, and we just look at each other up and down and we're like, oh, for Pete's sake. <laughs> yeah. we. I think that is maybe literally the word. Yeah. Um, also, you might have noticed, listeners, that we're using a new mic today. Do we sound good? I hope that it sounds way better because this mic is about... 10 times this, this, the it price. Looks, I tell you what it looks like. It looks like a satellite space station. It's crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> my, all these spiky bits. Yeah. So we used to use this one mic and then um, I kind of had this, I had this revelation where I was like, hold on a second. My boyfriend <laughs> records like very high quality, uh, you know, voice over artist stuff. Like for TV commercials and in shit. In his closet. In our closet. <laughs> and therefore, we should use his mic. So hopefully, our sound is going to improve. Let's just test. <clears throat> la, 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 Have you ever lived next door to someone who sings? You know what? It's since the I, greatest. Yeah. Since I moved to Europe, <laughs> I've been feeling, I've been hearing a lot more of those, or like really nice instruments. Mm. And there's something just so romantic about you being in like the courtyard and then there's like music coming Wafting. out of the window. It's yeah. got a waft. I'm like, oh my God. Can I just say, Brittany, um, so as you probably definitely know, mm. I was on my writing retreat um, my creative writing retreat, not my riding retreat, um, (laughs) like a few weeks ago. Um, And on the last day, I decided to skip class and go into Verona and walk around by myself. And right at the end, I was like, I'm going to find the perfect place for a a, like afternoon rosé. It was like 5 p.m. I wanted to do some like make some little notes and write some little bits and pieces. So I just... The beauty of traveling alone is that you can just do exactly what you want. So I walked for like 45 minutes to find the exact right place. Yes. And did I find it? Damn right. Fuck yes, I did. (laughs) And you know what else? There was like someone practicing, and this probably doesn't sound that appealing, but it was very appealing atmos-wise. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it was just amazing. Someone was like practicing their oboe. (laughs) Huge. So there was like oboe music wafting through this like gorgeous medieval Italian town. And what does an oboe sound like, Penny? Is that right? Or are you completely off? I'm not exactly sure, but we'll okay. put it in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> I'm just so curious. I was also mostly just wanting you to make some noises, <laughs> some instrumental sounds. Oh, yeah. That's great. How the um, hell are you? It's so cool, though. I mean, I want to talk so much more about this writer's retreat. Oh, it was really magical. So basically what we did is in the morning we got up and we did exercises. So my favorite day of exercises was um, you had to we're, – we're basically all working on – longer pieces. So most of us are working on novels. Um, And we had to write a scene in our novel, for example, where food is the major feature. Okay. So like you can do something in a restaurant, you can do something sexy with food, you can do, you know, like just, and basically all of the exercises we do are based on like stimulating some creative process or some kind of uh, event in your, in your novel or, or whatever. 
Um, and then in the afternoon, we did what's called shut up and write, which is exactly what it sounds like. Um, but then we also did one-on-one. So our writing teachers, there are two lovely ladies called Jane and Victoria. Um, they essentially look at our work and they give us very direct feedback and advice and that sort of thing. So it was kind of like, it was the most incredible thing. Sounds so <laughs> great. Yeah. It's such a cool thing to like commit so much time to this like passion mm. that you have. You know mm. what I mean? I mean, it felt pretty indulgent to be honest. But that's, <laughs> that it shouldn't, you know what I mean? That's the thing. I mm. think, I think it should be something that people do more often. Yeah. It was and, very enriching. Yeah, exactly. Mm. This is life. Yeah. I mean, like, actually, it made me really think we should do a camp happy hour. Yeah. Because that would be so fun. Like, you could do one-on-one interview prep or one-on-one career advice. And it could be all about just, like, finding your passion or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's something for our future. Exactly. Um, So write us an email, people, if you want to attend camp freaking happy hour. Hello. Yeah, you should actually let us know. Let Mm. us know. Give us a give us a thumbs up Ooh. or thumbs down. We're oh. cool with critical feedback. You are know? we? No, I'm joking. <laughs> we totally are. What were you going to um, say? By the way, everybody, we have a Facebook group. Oh my gosh, this is the perfect segue. Okay, mm. so here's the thing. Everybody is always asking us about the podcast. Like, what's your like goal for the podcast? Or like, mm. where's that going? Or what's the whole plan behind it? And really, starting it, we didn't. Have a plan. Have a plan, right? (laughs) We were just like, we want to do this. We think it'd be cool, and then it kind of, uh, you know, we've been enjoying it so much, and people have been sending us all these really nice Mm. messages and really good questions and all these kinds of things. So we thought we'd take it to the next level Uh and start a bit of a community around the topic. Yeah, because that way you can kind of talk to each other. Um, We can put our special resource of the week up there so you can just have one sort of place to read all of those things. Exactly. You can ask us questions directly and we'll do our best to answer them in a timely manner. I think we can also, it's just such a cool place. Like what we're going to do basically is have a Facebook group that is um, it's it's not going to be open, so it will be a closed group where you have to be approved to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it will will basically approve everybody who's not a total weirdo, <laughs> and um, and there'll be kind of like um, like some very kind of. St- you know, uh, general ground rules, Mm -hmm. you know, like obviously we're not going to be abusive or, you know, say weird things to each other, but I think it'll be like this really great place where it'll, you know, people can post questions about work or something they're thinking about and there can be actual conversations going on there, you know, and, um, and we can share resources with each other and we can just kind of like be each other's support system. Yeah. Um, at we, work. we kind of want to connect you all with each other because you're all such nice people. Like we've got all these emails in our inbox and we're like, oh, we really need to like, yeah, just create a bit more of a community. And this yeah. way, like if something cool comes up and you're all like, hey, we'd love to do a meetup or, you know, something and it gets like 500 likes then we'll know that's something that we should pursue as well from a strategic perspective. Exactly. <gasps> so join. We'll have that, obviously, will be the first thing in our flippin' show notes because we want oh, all of yeah. you guys to join the Facebook group. Yeah. It'll be a really cool little place. Yeah. Yes. I'm super excited about it. And what else is happening, Britt? What else is on your mind? You know, I did something cool this week. Oh, and uh, And you, I think, also had a similar experience, so I thought I would discuss it on the pod um so I was listening to this podcast and this guy was talking it was kind of a podcast about a very kind of like technical topic um but this guy was talking about um this thing that he does where he kind of like does a scan through his um 
work day and like tasks and projects that he's doing mm. and kind of like figures out where he's spending most of his time on okay. things. Mm -hmm. And then what he does is try to somehow automate that uh, part or or like a section yeah. of it or something that it's like you kind of think about it where it's like it's taking a lot of your time mm. but it's something that is pretty like standard mm. or it's it's easy to do it just as time consuming yeah you know yeah. um and then he kind of tries to like there's so many tools out there that can help you automate your job mm. uh it's pretty great um so that's basically what i did this yeah. week you I was automated like, a shitload of stuff. Yeah. Especially because oh, awesome. I'm about to do a bunch of travel and I'm like, you know what? Like my, my one, like it's kind of a part of my job, but my other job doesn't really slow down when I'm traveling. So I need to have some kind of systems mm. around making sure that it's all still kind of the wheels are turning while yeah. I'm gone, you know? And what, can you give us some examples? Yeah, of course. A good solid example is helpful, isn't it, Ken? <laughs> I just want to know. In, yeah, I'm just talking in loops here. So basically, um, what I did was, uh, okay, so here's the thing. I run um, all the social accounts mm -hmm. for AJ and Smart. And I am, I have to say, I've been very against automating things for like social media. scheduling posts or? Mm, no, scheduling posts I'm all for. I'm not but... very good with the social. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. I'm just, I'm so nervous about saying this because I think people will be like, hey. But basically um, there's there's systems around because a big part of social media, especially let, let's say, let's talk about one tool, let's say Instagram, mm -hmm. okay? So a big part of Instagram is actually engaging with the community oh. and like, you know, actually showing up in people's um, news feeds mm -hmm. as as like commenting or liking things or following people who are like you know in the right sort of industry and realm that you're targeting oh, I, I honestly <clears throat> didn't know that I am yeah. such a derp when it comes to Instagram yeah it's like some people uh, I mean you could have it would be very helpful to have someone literally just online all day like commenting and chatting and answering questions and you know commenting on other people's stuff and liking stuff like it is a it could be a full-time job. And that would job. get you more followers. Yes. Yeah. You're because kidding. you start it's uh it's That's huge. good. Actually that's kind of good like that's clever of Instagram because it means that people aren't just outputting their inputting as well well exactly and i mean it's it's not necessarily like instagram who's you know but but like it's not necessarily their choice of like if you're commenting more well but what happens is see people see your comment in in a cool post other people are seeing it and they're like oh what's that account like that's mm. whatever and then they find you yeah and so that's kind of the whole so what i have been experimenting with and and i've always been very against this automation thing where yeah. you know like the bots are commenting on posts and that kind of thing I'm always super like apprehensive about doing that and I've never done it before on social on um on AJ and Smart's accounts but I am trying I'm trying out one Ooh, just and for a week or so yeah mm -hmm. I'm gonna see how well it it works and if it's like I'm trying to keep things like I'm the comments are not like I, so I'm automating some comments on okay. certain posts that are like under certain hashtags um and it is actually working really well <gasps> See, I actually like, I mean, I haven't had much time to think about this, but I don't think that's a moral dilemma as much. I mean, I, I know that it's not ideal, yeah. but like, I think the moral dilemma would come if you had stopped providing value to your own following. Right. Like if you were automating stuff there, like, yeah, check this out. I don't know. Like yeah. when, it, when it comes to like, uh, kind of just appearing, that's kind of like putting up a free ad. 
right. in a way. Yes. And that doesn't have to be tailor-made every time, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. But I, I haven't mean, thought about it much. I might be against it in a couple of hours. I just hate when you when you post something and you, you maybe, let's say, you put in a hashtag, um, you know, entrepreneur, but you're like, but you were talking about, you know, something against entrepreneurship or something. And then someone's yeah. like so awesome that you're an entrepreneur, blah, 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 because it's this like automated post that yeah, they've created yeah. and then they don't really understand the context of your post and all this stuff. So it's, it is something that so I like risky. cringe. It's risky. Yeah. 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 And I cringe a lot when I see those. But so interesting. I'm keeping it pretty like nice, friendly, ambiguous mm. comments. Right. Well, good for you. I mean, like, yeah. just give it a go. I yeah. think you've got to also prioritize your own time and well, effort. Well, this is the thing. Yeah. And that this is funny because he's actually – it's randomly a very good segue into what I was doing last week. So yeah. I was approached by this company and they're a startup and they do uh, testing and automation software for large scale data migrations, which is, I'm sorry if you work in this industry, but it's the boringest thing ever. <laughs> and so basically I was like, I think that might be a bit boring for me. I don't think I understand it properly. Um and so the the founder was like, come to this conference in Lisbon, see how you feel. Yeah. And it was actually like such a great way to start working somewhere because right. um, basically I met all the clients and I got a real sort of lay of the land. Like this is an industry that I am not at all familiar with and have never been familiar with. Right. So I kind of got to meet the people and learn their language and the way that they operate. Um, but I also realized that all these people were extremely smart, um, extremely technical, and quite creative. Like a lot of them had some in interesting ways of solving problems, mm -hmm. but they were doing this thing that is very laborious and very unrewarding and not very interesting. Right. So uh, like basically the company I would be working for is like, we're going to automate all of this which is going to free all those people up to do cooler things, basically. And I was well, like, oh, cool. well, I'm very pro-automation in this context. <laughs> like, yeah. I think we always think, oh, a robot's going to take my job. But actually, you know, some of this stuff, you don't want to be doing it. It's, yeah. it's uh, soul-destroying. Yeah, <laughs> and totally. And you can tell a couple of guys, like a couple of guys that I met, they'd been in the industry for like 30 years. And they were, they were just like, whatever, I j just right. don't care. You know, I'm, I'm uh, doing the whole cog in the machine thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, let's automate this shit. <laughs> totally. Totally. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. I think that's, there's a nice purpose there, you mm. know? And I think people often think that about automation. Yeah. That it's like, oh, well, it's just going to take over my job. And it's like, no, you're going to actually be able to do more Different, interesting, creative yeah. work. Yeah. When AI achieves singularity, I think. Okay. Is the term, which is where they actually mm. achieve human levels of ability then basically... Then it's terrifying. That's like, it's <laughs> almost the end of the world as we know it, but the beginning of another world. Right. Right. So um, a lot of people are uh, scared about this because they're saying like, okay, let's say um, AI achieves singularity and they decide that in order for the humankind to, you know, be... They, they don't have parameters, right? right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, exactly. a, a robot might think, well, to make you happy... I might need to do ABC thing right. or to make humans um, function better. I might need to do this other thing. Right. So they'll have all the control. Ooh. I mean, it's so far away. I, 
It's interesting though, because yeah, like, is. and the other interesting thing is that um, China and the US are in a war to kind of yeah um, achieve this, this yeah. point first, because whoever's machines achieve that point first will kind of win the world. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the theory. Terrifying, <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's yeah, kind if of you weird. Think about it, it is actually really scary. But you could also think about it like. Once we achieve that point, we'll go into a new age of society where no one actually has to work. Well, yeah. Because robots will be working for us. Ooh, but will or, they be working yeah, for exactly. us? Yeah, exactly. This is the thing. <laughs> or will they just, yeah, or will we be working for them, Penny? Yeah. I guess I mean, that's what we're currently doing. That, I mean, let's go watch The Matrix now and just have nightmares <laughs> for the rest of our lives. Um, Love it. But, uh, uh, I mean, like, the thing that people say about uh, AI is that, if you, up until that point, I think that's years and years away from what I understand. Yeah. Up until that point, if you're able to be creative, communicate really well, connect people, like if you have people skills, you'll be much better off than if you only have technical skills. Go people skills. Yeah. We're really happy about that one yeah. because all I have is people skills <laughs> and only for some people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Penny, letter yeah. number one. Are you ready to read? I'm ready to uh, read. While we record your voice. I'm, I'm, I haven't got my glasses on, but Uh-oh, I'm okay. going to squint. I'm like George Costanza. I can squint to 20 feet. There you go. All right. Dear Penny and Brittany, I am currently working in a tech company, second job after university, which helps our clients discover innovation, business opportunities, that probably should be innovative business opportunities within their branches. I started off in a project management role and now I'm in a position where I need to facilitate a ton of workshops, for example, design thinking with clients. Being the facilitator doesn't come naturally to me as I consider myself an introvert. From your point of view, is facilitating workshops a learnable skill that I can succeed in? Love to hear your advice, Ophelia. Wonderful. How cute is Ophelia? She supplied that um, code name. Okay, because I was just going to say, is that her real name? No, I it's love not. It. Okay, okay. <laughs> I love that she's like, I'm going straight for the Shakespeare reference. Yeah, absolutely. So cute. I met um, a, a child of 10 years old two days ago named Sparta. <gasps> not uh, sure how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could see Brittany's eyebrows when she did, she did <laughs> something like, with her eyebrows that I've never seen her do before. <laughs> Um, Ophelia, I need you to learn something right now. Um, basically all the people that are amazing at things that you know of in your life, it's entirely possible that they weren't amazing at that to begin with yeah, and that they learned that skill. So yes, all skills are completely learnable. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would say is that some of the best facilitators I know are introverts Yeah, and it's not, it's not at all like... People think you have to be charismatic. You don't. You have to be controlled. You have to be calm. You have to instill trust in the people that you're working with. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, like, oh, my gosh, you can I – I would even say that facilitation as opposed to public speaking because they're two different they're things. They're different, yeah. Facilitation actually leans more towards the, an introvert because your job as a facilitator is really to bring out the best in the team. It's not yeah. to be the star of the show. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. I think there's also, like, a lot of – because I, I think that a lot of people think you have to be, like, entertained 
entertaining. No. And you have to like keep people, you know, like you keep have to keep their energy up and all these kinds of things. And crack jokes. And crack, That's a big one. You really I don't. I see people cracking jokes all the time and I'm like, stop it. it yeah. It does, I'm not taking you seriously because you're so desperate to get me to like you. Yeah. And you should be fading into the background, really. Yeah, yeah. Unless, be... that's the thing, unless that this is your personality. Like, mm. the, what is, to me, I mean, I crack jokes all the time. Oh, so. At work? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm, just, I'm <laughs> thinking <laughs> of the painful. Exactly. You know, like... You're thinking of when it's, like, inauthentic mm. or could not be, it's not coming across, like, genuine. And that is so obvious. It's like, you can see right through someone when they're doing that. Yeah. But I think that, if you are, if it is natural to you to be a little bit like yeah to crack a joke or to be lighthearted or whatever or even to be energetic and whatever then you should be like that but facilitating if if you're not is it's like not a big deal at all yeah i would say a couple of things like personally like and i i was thinking about what you said about some of the best facilitators like there are some really solid facilitators at aj and smart who mm. are the most introverted people mm. on the planet so and aj they're... and smart is where britney works in case you didn't yes sorry yeah <laughs> um so d is an introvert yeah exactly i mean like she doesn't seem like it at all d uh basically is in all of our uh aj and smart's videos um on the master class so yeah. there's a design sprint master class that you can do with aj yeah. and smart and she's in all of the videos and she presents really well. And her story is that she, first of all, is super shy mm-hmm. um, and she's introverted. And when she got into the tech space, she was like, oh, there are all these meetups. And I feel like I just go into cold sweats every time I have to like talk to people or talk in front of people. Yeah. So she really committed to it. She was like, all right, I'm going to get really good at this. Yeah. She just forced herself. She literally like, did yeah. the most uncomfortable thing, which I think is like, it's, it's so an excellent admirable. case study. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. There's also a really, I mean, I don't know if you've heard of it, this book called Quiet by mm. Susan Cain. I would really highly read. recommend reading that. Yeah. If you're, even if you're not an introvert, yeah. it's so important to know how to work with people who are different than you. Yeah. I mean, I think that Penny and I couldn't be more extroverted. I don't think so, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we work with a lot of introverts and it is, it is kind of a difficult thing because we just work differently. Mm. Um, but a couple of things that I think are worth keeping in mind is that when you're pa- – like, let's say, Ophelia, mm. that you are very uh, passionate about, you know, design thinking or just, like, the fact of, like, bringing a group together and getting ideas on the table. That's going to come across whether or not you're introverted or extroverted. Yeah. And what might help you to kind of keep people engaged because maybe it will be that you'll feel nervous – that people will kind of fade out if you're not sort of, yeah, bringing the energy or bringing Mm. whatever that might be. But what can help is if you kind of like start off with kind of like a a passion story, like something Mm. that gets you excited. Why do you want to be there? Mm. You know, share that with the group and you'll be really surprised at how well that will get people kind of excited and ready to work with you and very committed. And I think that's the one thing that maybe is tough for people anybody actually who's like presenting or going to run a workshop is actually initially getting that kind of like credibility and excitement from the group Mm. um the other another thing that is worth like i mean a couple of things that i think i would remember is um you don't have to because i think a lot of times with introverts you need a little bit more time to process information right Mm. or you hear something and you need you want to think about it 
before mm. you respond. Whereas extroverts, we're just like, blah, blah, blah. Like, mm. even if we don't... Even, That's so interesting, though, because I feel like I definitely need time sometimes. Oh, I'm really? like, okay. I don't know what I think about that right now, and then I go home and think about it. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's something that probably more people should do in general <laughs> in life, not respond so quickly. Everybody's talking all the time. Um, but what would be better is, it, and, and what is totally okay, even in a workshop format, if someone asks you a question and you, you know, you, the answer doesn't come to you automatically, or you're like, oh, that's a good one, and I want to make sure I get this right, it's totally fine to say to someone, hey, I'm going to um, I'm gonna answer that question in the next section mm. or whatever after a break or something because I think it might be more, you know, awesome. valuable there yeah, or whatever yeah. it might be. Or I think that that or will be... Or if you still have this question at the end of the next section, then we'll come back to it. Exactly. Oh, yeah. and actually that's a really good tip. So one of the best workshop facilitation tips that you can have is... Um, put up a parking lot so that you have a space on the whiteboard that just says parking lot. And if people have a question, just say, because uh, often questions kind of ruin the momentum of workshops as well. You can get down, you kind of sidetracked. So um, just get them to write it on a poster and stick it there so that you can skip over it and come back to it later. And also it gives you time to think about things. I think also taking like in general workshops, especially if you're introverted, is taking regular breaks Mm. and making it really clear that these breaks are not for question and answer. They're not for. And you can I mean, you're running the workshop, Mm. whatever it is. You can set those rules. Mm. You can say, look, we're going to take regular breaks. And actually, during these breaks, I want everybody to not talk about exactly what they're working on because you mm. need space from it yeah. right we all need a, a space to step back and relax and i'm going to have special amounts of like you know question answer and discussion time during the workshop space so you don't have to spend your break doing that because i think often um like when we're running these workshops or these trainings it's a it's a it's crazy because mm. you are just on the entire oh time yeah even in the breaks you're answering questions and you're yeah. talking about this and that and you're you're constantly and i i remember um someone said this the other day they were like why don't we change like why don't we say that when we have breaks that there's you know we're, we're all taking a, a real break. break. <laughs> yeah. And if you're introverted and you need some alone time during mm. that five, 10 minutes, then you can go do that. I mean, know? like hypothetically, you could even say, okay, I want everyone to go outside and have a coffee now. And but when you come back, I want each of you to have learned one thing about, so you're yeah. forcing an exercise on them so that they don't bother you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. That's I've a good seen, tactic. um, I've seen people facilitating workshops so many times where in the break, they're trying to go ahead and have a look at their slides or fix yeah. something or and then people are just bombarding them so yeah. um I think yeah I mean just just remember that you have the power I think that's a really good tip exactly Brittany. yeah mm-hmm. so whatever in whatever makes it mo- mo- most comfortable for you and that you're able to really like lead and do it right mm. is totally fine yeah it's really yeah I think also just remember, like, I would look back at some of the workshops that you've attended in your career mm-hmm. and think about what made it valuable for you. What what did you enjoy in the facilitation? Um, what kind of communication style did they have? Like, I just think it's good to kind of reflect on what you think a good workshop is so that you can integrate that into your uh, delivery. Yeah. Um, and I think the great thing about introverts um, – 
hosting workshops is that they bring a calmness to it um, and it's it's not about them. Yeah. It's about making sure that they're delivering a lot of value in, in however much time they have. Um, and you really want to focus on that. Just how can you give value to the people that you're working with so that they're not taking this time out for no reason? Yeah. It might be also, I mean, um, I was reading up on um, working with introverts recently and there were some cool tips as well with like if you're running a meeting and you want to be, I mean, hopefully you want to be inclusive <laughs> for everybody. Um, ideally. Yeah, yeah. ideally. <laughs> um, what's really a great idea to do is actually to hand out, like to send out the agenda beforehand. Oh, for sure. So that people, yeah. especially someone who is more introverted um, and actually just people in general, I also like to know what is going to be on the oh, agenda sure, so that yeah. I can like prepare what I my what mm. I want to say or what I want to put forward um, and I think that's also worth remembering is whenever you're running these workshops maybe to be inclusive to everybody who's going to be attending might be nice to send out like here's what we're going to do these are the topics that we're going to discuss we're going to go into this and this and this um, you don't need to prepare anything but this is sort of the the framework mm. of what we're going to do. To be do. honest I actually think if you're like having a meeting with someone there should be an agenda I actually yeah. think it's really disrespectful to be like I'm taking an hour out of your day you're not going to be able to prepare because you've mm -hmm. got no idea what this meeting's about um, and you're just going to be surprised and you're going to have to deal with whatever I say. Yes. And I know a lot of people who run meetings that way Yeah. and it's, I think it's just rude. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, rant over, but like I would just do that for all meetings and yeah. workshops. Well, it's a thing where it's like, um, you know, yeah, I like I, I, I am very, I'm not good when some like a curveball is thrown at me mm. and I feel like I'm in a high pressure situation where I yeah. want to, you know, really achieve or I, I want to like look really good in front of mm. my colleagues or whatever. Um, so I absolutely hate that. And I agree with you entirely. Awesome. Actually, one thing I'll say um, is that you don't actually, one thing that may, used to make me panic when I put together agenda agendas was that I was like, I need to have it right to the minute mm. in terms of like at 12.35, we're doing this. At 12.45, we're doing that. You actually don't have to do that much. It's yeah. more top level than that. So you can kind of say from one till two, we'll be defining the problem. Yeah. From two till three, we'll be doing this. You yeah. know what I mean? So give an overview of what what's the outcome as opposed to the actual specific exercise. Yeah, because then you can give yourself a little bit of leeway as well exactly. if you want to shift things around. Yeah, exactly. And and do. also with design thinking, I think you sometimes swap exercises around and yeah. kind of you play it by ear a little bit. So you do want to give yourself that flexibility. Fabulous. Yeah. Ophelia, I'm so excited for you to facilitate your first workshop. Can I it's just say one more thing? Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we can just leave that all. <laughs> um, so... Uh, this is controversial, but the whole introvert extrovert thing, just remember that is a creation, right? That's, that's something that human beings have created to explain certain behaviors. So it's not definitive. You can be an extrovert sometimes and an introvert other times. So don't, don't sort of get too bogged down with this idea that you are tied to being an introvert. Like you can be whoever you want to be at the time. You might have this magic Ophelia that pops out for workshops or um, that pops out in quiet time. So, you know, like do whatever feels right and don't feel restricted to being an introvert or a, you or know, an extrovert. Yeah. Or a creative or a non-creative. Like all of that is arbitrary to yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Couldn't agree more, Pen. Nice one, Brit. Question number.
number two, here we go. Hi, Penny and Brittany. I have a question that I hope you can help me with. Me and my hubby are currently living in Switzerland. We have already decided to relocate to Australia, but our plans are to relocate in one year. We have some personal reasons why we can't do it now understandable. Mm -hmm. I have found my dream company and they have recently posted a vacancy for my dream job. I am absolutely in love with that company and I would like to get in contact with them, even though I can't really apply to any job just yet because I don't have any visa. Do you think that it's a good idea to get in touch with them? If so, how would you go about that? I would love to hear your fun perspective on this. Greetings. Sally. <laughs> oh, Sally, this is very exciting. Oh, totally. I mean, Switzerland to Australia. Uh, gonna, There's a weather change for you. You're going to lose it. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, like, Brisbane is super warm. You are going to die of Oof, happiness. Of pure happiness. Yeah. <laughs> die in a good way. Yeah. And mm. then you're going to have Christmas in summer. It's going to be wild. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. true, actually. Christmas a lot of my European beach. friends struggle with that in Australia. They're like, where's the snow? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I um, I can't, I could not imagine having Christmas, like, just be a season where it's hot out. Yeah. That's not important to the question, <laughs> Sally, but we're going to get there. Yeah. But Christmas. Um. <laughs> Well, I mean, Penny, I feel like you should start us off because, I mean, she's going to your land. My homeland. Yes. Um, okay, so this is this is a really interesting one. So basically, my thoughts on this are you should definitely start conversations with them. Yeah. Whether you do that through a job application or in another way um, is kind of dependent on a couple of other factors. So first of all, do these people hire often? So mm-hmm. some companies are always hiring. And so if one job opportunity passes by, another one will pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're not hiring very often, then I would definitely do it through the, me- like uh, apply through the mechanism of the job opening. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. However, I would, I mean, the thing is with these job applications, they you might get tossed into this like, oh, no pile because yeah. this woman is in Switzerland. Like we need her to be here right now. Um, I would maybe try to make contact with them in a different way. I Yeah, because uh, what I know about Australia as well is oh, it's good. really flipping hard to get a visa in Australia. Right. So these people are probably not going to talk to you until you're in the country. Yeah. And um, that's something that... Every job I've ever worked at, if we got international applicants, we were like, you look great. We're very excited about that. Once you land, then we can talk because so many people make plans to come to Australia. It's so far away that some of them just never make it. Of course. So um, I think you will have to actually be in the the country in order to continue those conversations. Mm -hmm. But I would... I mean, like, a year is a long time to foster a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I would maybe wait yeah. a little while. Yeah. But I'd my, give it, like, six months, a six-month, and then... It's a great amount of time. Yeah, yeah. I would also, like, my... So my only worry about... Like, what what really stuck out to me is that you talked about this dream company and this dream job mm. and this dream, you know. And I'm very wary when people start saying, that's the my dream company to yeah. work at and this is yeah. my dream position. Because 
I don't think that's a real thing. Mm. And I think that um, often if you have that feeling towards a company or a specific position, <laughs> you're going to end up just being really disappointed yeah. with it. Like if you get another one or, or you're going to limit yourself a little bit. Mm. And that worries me when people start like really zeroing in on certain companies or certain places they want to work yeah. is that you might miss all of these other opportunities. So that six month kind of you should kickstart in six months of actually looking around a lot of different places like I'm talking mega scan mm. you know and just check it out because I mean the job that I got have right now um you know two and a half years ago I didn't know who the company was mm. I didn't know what they did I didn't know what I wanted you know there was and and it ended up being like this really great opportunity where I love my job I love what I do and I never would have found it if I was like okay what's my dream company yeah you know what I mean totally yeah yeah I mean like I yeah I I wouldn't have a fixed mindset about exactly it. I'd exactly. be quite open to different types of opportunities mm-hmm. um and I think at the same time, like, you can, you definitely need to warm up this relationship and, like, yeah. try and organize some Skype calls and show them that you're definitely moving to Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have to figure out, like, what are you putting in your initial email? Who are you reaching out to? Why is it your dream company? Because you'll need to be able to identify all of those things um, in your outreach. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I, I target a bunch of companies. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, like I, I am fascinated by this dream company thing because I mean, have you ever felt that? So no. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't think I have either. No, but I think that there is a different type of person that does feel that way. Mm -hmm. And I do think that actually, if you start at your dream company, your excitement will get you through a long way. Do you know what I mean? Before it wears off. Because I've seen, I've definitely worked with people who've been like super excited, um, you know, to To work work, at a different, a a, a new company that I already work at. Um, And I was like, oh yeah, they're they're really loving this and they bring a lot to the table. So Mm -hmm. if I I owned a company, I'd really want to go for those people. That's true, actually. It is a a bonus. I mean, like from our perspective, we're like, don't get too excited. But from a company owner perspective, it is a huge perk to have someone who's so passionate about the brand. Yeah. But make sure that the passion about the brand isn't the only thing you have to offer. I know that um, when I was working in my last role, we got letters all the time and emails that were like, oh, I love this company, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I have to say about it. But they had no relevant skills. They had no strategy. They had no, yeah. It was just like, cool, you love our company. That's not, that doesn't mean we're going to hire you. (laughs) Yeah. We don't have a role for that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Totally. Biggest fan. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the, I mean, what would you say, Brittany? Sorry, I've been talking the whole time. No, no. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that putting your, um, you know, casting a wide net, making sure you're starting these conversations, approaching them with a really, I mean, I would personally use our cold email resource yeah how are you yeah and uh which is on our facebook group yes we'll put it on the facebook group <laughs> um uh yeah so i think that and and there's nothing wrong with um i mean a lot of people might like i would i think personally if someone um contacted me saying like i'm moving to berlin i really want to work on your team this and that whatever if they sounded super promising 
I would take a Skype call with them, mm. you know, if they, if they, you know, if I had time, I mean, this is the thing you never know. And if you still don't reach out to them, I would say, don't get your, you know, don't get down on your, mm. on yourself, you yeah. know, like you very, like, I, I actually just was talking about this on Instagram mm. about, um, moving somewhere, moving abroad and actually like starting to work, um, in a different country. It's really hard mm. and it'll take you way longer to find a job than you would expect and it mm. will take you way longer to settle and all these kind of things but the things that it brings are so great yeah. that it, it will be worth it but be prepared that you're going to land in Australia without a job mm. and you're going to you know maybe not have any prospects but that's that's what it's going to take you're going to have to like really you're going to have <laughs> you to you have no prospects no but like really <laughs> like no no prospect, prospective <laughs> jobs is what I mean <laughs> Like, that do you know what I cute. mean? I like it. Yeah, yeah, Like, totally. I think that people often, like, underestimate how difficult it is, actually, mm. to move countries and mm. start a career somewhere else. Yeah, and Network I know specifically important. Australia, you can't... So you won't be able to buy a one-way ticket to Australia. Mm. That's mm -hmm. They won't let you in the country. Yeah. It's like America. Yeah. Um, you need to have a return ticket or a ticket out somewhere else so that they're like, well, you're just... Because a lot of people want to stay in Australia, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they're, they're overstaying visas. Um, so you can actually only work in Australia if you've got a specific visa tying you to a workplace. Right. So you'll need to probably, I mean, like I'm, I'm telling you the worst case scenario. There are companies like Atlassian or Canva, like they're massive, um, sort of tech companies that will be able to, you know, hire you from Switzerland move you to Brisbane, set you up with a relocation budget, yada, yada, yada. That's the ideal scenario. That might happen. But the other scenario is that you're going to have to buy a ticket to Australia and probably a ticket out of Australia. And you're going to have three months. I'm pretty sure you can only go there for three months at a time to find a job. And you're going to have to do. So, so my approach is like, Six months out, start emailing this company. Yeah. And when they don't write back after two weeks, email them again. And they won't mind, <laughs> um, even though it's going to be – you're going to feel like you're annoying them. And every time you email, you're going to say, here's another reason I'd be perfect. Here's another reason. There's yeah. just going to be like an endless list of reasons why you're the perfect person to work at that company. And when they agree to have a Skype meeting, um, you know, like get to know you, then you'll – you'll have a foot in the door the and you can start saying like, okay, so here's my hopeful estimated arrival date. Yeah. Um, I think also, I mean, what you said before about having a, like, you know, providing something that they might find interesting. Yeah. Like do a lot, a lot, a lot of research yeah. on like where they're going, what they're doing, mm. you know, maybe check out the jobs that they have posted that might give you a little nice hint on what direction they're headed or some new teams that might be developing. Yeah. And try to figure out a way for you to sort of like pinpoint like, hey, I can help you with this thing. Mm. And, I'm, you know, and I mean, I don't know how big this company is. If they're big, then you can actually maybe deep dive into mm. actually what's going on there. If they're smaller, maybe you can even chat to someone who works there, you yeah. know, who's not going to be the, you That's know, actually a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And just figure out so what's So who up. else is on the team? I know you specified what team you're, you're wanting to be on. Who else is on that team that might not be in a decision-making capacity, but they might be someone who can help you to um, understand the culture, understand the yeah. direction, yeah. understand how to get hired. No, who better to tell you how to get hired than someone who ever already works there? Definitely. Yeah. It often happens at AJ and Smart that we, 
get that someone will get approached who's like not on the right team or whatever and not even in a in a position of uh, hiring someone but then we'll kind of pass that along and it will mm. become you'll just get more you'll get that open door a little yeah. bit more yeah um, they might be more open to talking to you mm. so I would yeah I mean just just you know nudge your way in there right nudge. elbows I love up that. <laughs> yeah get in there amazing yeah. yeah oh and you're gonna love Australia it is truly a tropical island paradise what's the thing you miss the most about Australia the food hands down yeah yeah <laughs> Because Australia is very close to Asia, so we have like, and we have a lot of amazing Asian immigration, so um, we just have, it's like this amazing amalgamation of all the food in the world coming together, and and Australians are very kind of creative with food. What else do I miss? I mean, the beaches are really beautiful. You must miss the weather. I actually don't, because Sydney, where I'm from, is like incredibly humid, so it's like 30, 30 degrees almost every day of summer. It's like wet air. The air is just, you get on one train and you come out looking like someone's tipped a bucket of water <laughs> on your head. The public transport sucks. But then also in summer we get like these massive tropical storms, which I actually kind of love. Ooh. They roll in at like four or five in the afternoon and the clouds look like super apocalyptic. Cool. And it like pours with rain for a couple of hours and then it resets and you go back to 40 degrees. And horrible humidity, obviously. Horrible. And also like most houses don't have air conditioning. What? Because. Uh, for real? Oh, I'm shocked. It's insane. Like most wow. of my friends have a fan. <laughs> my so, face right now I'm just I can't uh, believe that it's too much it actually like I remember reading an article in my last summer of Sydney um a, a last summer in Sydney and it was like do you feel groggy and confused it's because of the humidity You're and it was in hot. a major yeah. newspaper oh my god because people just lie in bed at night next to their partners and they're like don't touch me yeah of course because <laughs> you're like dripping with sweat nobody's it's doing it in those months yeah you know what I mean in the no. shower maybe <laughs> <laughs> but Whitney I know I'm getting sassy <laughs> you're so cute oh lovely that was a nice little app yeah what's our resource for the week Brit oh, well like we said earlier in the episode it's going to be our new Facebook community group Um, It's going to be amazing. We'd really love it if you guys all joined um, and start talking and asking questions. And let's we'll do little, little intros. Everybody just like we'll we'll have a post where everybody can say like yeah. where they live and what their job is. Yeah, and we can just freaking go for it and see what happens. It's, and also, a, do you know what we're going to do? What? If you join the group this week then you will see that we put a surprise resource that is not available anywhere else. Love it. And you will get it. And it's going to be really good. (laughs) It's going to be so good. (laughs) I.e., I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I just just actually have an idea. I have an idea. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's to do with this episode, guys. Okay, ooh. Yeah, yeah. But it's for everyone. Yeah. Everyone can use this. Everyone. Okay. Okay, great. Juicy. Love it. Um, Thank you so much for listening to the episode. Please, if you have a question, do not hesitate to email it to us. Happyhourcareertalk at gmail.com. That's the one. And don't forget to subscribe and review and rate it. Yeah. (laughs) Do all those things. Do all those things and we'll love you forever. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.